This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to get to visit with Nicole Kirkenbush. Nicole's got this fascinating role as both the Chief Nursing and Chief Performance Officer at Monument Health. She's going to talk about what that role means, advice for leaders, and a lot more. Nicole, can you take a moment tell us about yourself and about Monument Health to start with? Yeah, good morning, Scott. Thank you, number one, for having me. I appreciate being able to share some of my experience and hope that some of the folks out there will maybe glean something from it um, in this very challenging healthcare world that we have today going on. Um, you know, I, I've been at Monument Health, the, the organization that you mentioned. I've been there just five years, celebrated my anniversary just a couple weeks ago. Um, prior to that, I was in the military. I served in the U.S. Army as an Army nurse for 24 years, uh, retired and thought that um, I might be sitting on my porch drinking coffee right now, but that is not how it worked out. Um, and so, you know, I feel very fortunate to have found a wonderful role at Monument Health um, where I've been for the last several years and hope to be there several more. So, um, you know, a chief nursing and performance officer, maybe not a common title completely, um, but what I have purview over is really all of the nursing functions in our system, as well as I oversee our data analytics area. We call that enterprise intelligence in our, in our organization. I also oversee our performance management group. That's a group that consists of our project managers for all sorts of projects, as well as our performance engineers, so our lean program and really looking at performance improvement. And then I also have our patient-centered design group, which includes our volunteers, our patient experience specialists, and our valets, and really looking at how are we doing with our patient experience. Um, so it's kind of a big job, but um, certainly very rewarding, especially, as I said, as we've gone through this past almost two years of a pandemic, which probably never would have thought I'd been doing this. And talk about, I mean, I, I don't mean to sidetrack you, but take one moment. You're, you're probably one of the few people we've had on that was also a colonel in the U.S. Army. Talk about being in the U.S. Army and being a colonel in the Army, a little bit of the pride in that. And what that, what that what's that like, being a leader in the Army? You know, it, it is something that, um, you know, one of the things that I always tell folks is, uh, as they're, you know, if somebody asks for mentoring or advice is be open to whatever doors might present themselves. I would have never thought that I would have spent 24 years in the army and really am, you know, quite humbled that I, I made it to the rank of Colonel and was able to serve our country in such a way, such an honor. And, uh, you know, leadership is really, um, very for, for, forefront and first most in the military. I'm so grateful for the career that I had and being able to learn so much from other military leaders. Uh, you know, especially today, I think it's poignant as we're recording this, we're watching some of the events unfold in Afghanistan. And, you know, one thing I would like to say to my fellow veterans out there is just please be proud of your service. And um, if there's anything that you need, please lean on your veteran buddies. We're you know, here for each other. We all need to support each other, and we have a strong bond. The brothers and sisterhood of the, the Army, the military, I think is very important. Um, I really am very grateful for all of the things that I learned through my 24 years in the Army and really couldn't replace that with any other type of experience. Well, really amazing. And talk takes that into a moment. And Advice for leaders. What advice do you give for leaders? I and mean, what, what advice, somebody who's trying to be an emerging leader, our, our producer today is a young woman who's a brilliant young woman trying to have a magnificent career. 
what advice do you have to people trying to have great careers, to be great leaders? And, and some of that I'm sure overlaps, but give us a little bit of your thoughts there. Yeah, number one, I think, is to really have a plan. Um, really understand what motivates you, what brings you passion, and think about how you can apply that in whatever field that you're in. That could be healthcare. You know, for me, it's certainly healthcare, but for others, that might be finance. It could be hospitality. Could be, you know, leading our young young Americans by getting into the educational fields. But really, finding what is that thing that fuels your passion and finding a way to um, really enhance that. The other thing, like I said, is to be flexible. Even though you have a plan, things present themselves that maybe you wouldn't have thought about. And I think you really have to be open to ideas and and opportunities that perhaps weren't part of that plan. Um, and then really, it's it's about doing the best that you can, no matter what the job is that you're you're faced with. So so really, four thoughts I take out of that. Have a plan, and ultimately that plan should tie into maybe this is one and two out of three points versus four. Have a plan, and that plan ideally fuels your passion. is 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 tied into what you're passionate about. Second is some amount, even with a plan, flexibility and open mindedness. And third, in whatever you're doing, doing the best you can, and that's what often leads to other opportunities. And also enjoying and loving what you do, do the best what you can in everything that you do. Absolutely. Did I miss Nicole and talk about as chief performance officer, because people have all different titles in, in, in health systems today. Talk about sort of what you view as your top priorities as a chief performance officer. Yeah, I think that really is about making sure that we're being a data driven organization and using our data to drive our decisions. Um, you know, I think healthcare has been maybe a lagging industry in adopting some of the analytics, some of the advanced tools that are out there. Um, sometimes what we make our decisions on is driven more by our gut than what the data says. And so, you know, when I arrived at Monument Health right after I retired, my first role was as the vice president of data analytics. And that was the first time that Monument Health had that job title. Uh, and so it's really been about developing our analytics strategy about understanding what our platforms are for our data and then trying to bring together, um, you know, it's not enough anymore in healthcare just to look at one aspect. You can't just look at the finance or just the quality or just the patient experience. At this point, we have to bring all of that together to really get the full picture. So we spend a lot of time trying to understand what is it that our operations leaders need to understand, need to know what drives the decision-making day-to-day for them. And then how do we bring the tools to them that don't add to their workload, but really enhance and make their workload more efficient. So those are some of the things that I focus on. We do have a group called the Performance Team that's led by, um, led by myself, but formed by all of our executives and uh, really looking at what are those things that we need to you know, put our eye on, focus our attention on. We talk a lot about patient experience scores, a lot about our quality scores, quality metrics, um, as well as you know, a third component of that is our um, engagement from our own caregivers and physicians. And then the fourth, which you can't ever forget, is the financial aspect. So trying to bring those things together and then make our decisions the best that we can and do that in an agile way as, as we've seen this past 18 to 24 months, we've seen things change just so quickly. You can't um, anymore delay decision-making um, like maybe we could have in the past, we've got to be able to do that very quickly. So that's what I focus on in that role. 
Fantastic. And who does a chief performance officer? Are you the people that you interact the closest with? Is it the chief operating officer, the CIO, the medical chief medical officer, the CEO? Who do, who did who do you predominantly visiting and interact with, or is it just all of those above? And you can't really say more this versus that. I would chief say nursing all officer. Of those- yeah, it's and having the dual hat of the chief nursing officer, I, I end up talking to myself all the time, which I, you know, some days those are good conversations, some days they aren't. Um, but, you know, I really interact a lot with our entire C-suite. I report directly to our CEO. Um, that's Paulette Davidson. She's a phenomenal boss, phenomenal healthcare leader. We're very lucky to have her. Um, and then, you know, I have very close partnerships with our CIO, who is also our CMIO, um, she and I arrived at our organization around the same time, and we work together very frequently. In fact, we're both here at Epic User Group meeting this week um, and collaborating on several things. I also speak probably daily to our chief medical officer. Uh, another key or, um, relationship is with our chief financial officer, and I feel very um, blessed to have a great relationship with our CFO, who's been with our organization for several decades. I learn from him every day. Um, in fact, we were, you know, having emails this morning about how we can um, fully ensure that our organization has the staff they need to go through this next wave of COVID. Um, you know, we don't have a chief operating officer at our organization. Our CEO has. Um, really elected to let all of us in the C-suite positions serve a little bit of that role. So at different times, depending on the problem, depending on the situation, I think all of us take on pieces of that COO role. Uh, I also have close relationships with the presidents. We have five hospitals in Monument Health and we have three presidents, um, four, it's going to be three here shortly because one of them is moving into a different role. But I work very closely with the presidents of the individual hospitals as well um, to make sure that operations are moving smoothly as well as supporting them with analytics, with process improvement, um, and with patient-centered design work for patient experiences. Um, and then maybe finally, I would say our, our VP of HR, that's another one that especially today I speak with multiple times a day, probably um, in, in a given week, and really just looking at how do we struggle through some of these workforce challenges everywhere across the country right now is seeing workforce challenges. And, you know, I think it's maybe most important in healthcare. I'm probably a little biased, but um, I think if we don't have the workforce to take care of our country, we're going to be in a very difficult situation coming out of this pandemic. And so I work with the, the VP of HR all the time trying to solve those problems. And, and as a 24-year U.S. Army veteran and a former colonel, I guess you're never a former colonel. You're always a colonel. You ever have <laughs> days where it's, a t- where it's a tough day and you wish everybody would just salute and give you 10 push-ups or you don't have those days? I have those days all the time. However, I'll say I had them in the Army, too. Um, you know, there is this misconception that when, if you're in the military, all you have to do is tell people what to do and they just blindly will do it. Um, that is not the case. You know, everybody has um, critical thinking skills and free will. And so it's really important that you bring people along, especially during challenging times and times of change and really make sure they understand the why. Um, I will say this, I, I have said to people that the work I'm doing right now at times is probably even more difficult than the work I did in 24 years in the Army. 
Um, I didn't really I, I anticipate bet. that, you know, but I, I bet. certainly changes things. <laughs> And especially with the workforce and everything else. And I think I think most of us realize that it, even though the Army may have traditionally been a top-down organization, you're still very much in a matrix organization having to work with people, having to, to create relationships, to build relationships, to make things actually go, to make things go right. And, and I, I think you, your your perspective on it is just so, so uh, we're so thankful for it. Because I, I, I imagine that you're completely accurate. That's not like you just tell people what to do and they just do it. It's not like the movies. But anyways, no. Nicole, <laughs> I, I, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. What a great privilege to talk to you and continued good luck in your career and with Monument Health. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much and have a great day and uh, everybody stay safe. And I might just add one last thing, which is please consider vaccination if you haven't yet. It's so important as we try to preserve the healthcare resources that we have in this country. So you'd let me add that, I would really appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. I can't say it loudly enough. Nicole gave a final shout out to encourage everyone to get vaccinated. Uh, it could not agree more. Right. Nicole, thank you for that shout out. You bet.